0: Hello and welcome to our podcast Heart and Soul. In today's episode we're going to be discussing how religion has impacted education and whether it's had more of a positive or negative effect. To help us consider the question, we have some guest speakers here with us today. For the first part of the podcast, we have religion experts, Alice and Cassia, who will be giving us our experienced opinion on whether religion has been more of a force for good and ill in the world of education. Later on, special guests, Tiana and Rosanna, will be joining us to discuss an interview they conducted with Reverend Knox, who, as chaplain of both St Paul's Girls' School and St Paul's School, is an expert on the fields of education and religion. First up, we've got Alice. Hi, Alice. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. Alice is a religion and philosophy professor at Cambridge University, one of the most prestigious universities in the world. Alice, could you give us a little bit of introduction to the topic? How exactly is religion linked to education?
1: Of course. The topic of religion is addressed in different ways in education settings. I would categorise schools into three sections, secular schools, faith schools and schools that aren't necessarily religious but which do practise some religious activities. Secular schools teach children in a neutral and objective way about different religious beliefs that people have. The second category, faith schools, focus mainly on a specific religion and only children of a specific religion are accepted. Lastly, there are schools that don't claim to be religious, yet they have a foundation in religion. An example of this would be a secular school that sings Christian hymns, a bit like the reputable St Paul's Girls' School which I recently visited to give a talk. You may have heard of it. However, despite these three categories, public opinion is very divided as to whether religion in education has had a positive
0: effect. Of course, and that's what we're going to be discussing on this episode now. Alice, you're a strong advocate for the belief that religion in schools has been a force for good, is that correct? I am, yes. Could you explain a little bit about why you think that?
1: There are numerous reasons why I believe that religion in schools has been a force for good. To begin, faith schools allow children to experience their religion on a day-to-day basis without judgement or discrimination, and to practice their religion more easily. An example of this is Muslims praying five times a day, which is much harder to do at a secular school. Faith schools are also said to provide children with a strong moral compass for life. In recent years, some non-religious schools have been dealing with serious problems, such as school violence, but integrating religion in schools from an early age teaches them the consequences of such actions, and it gives them a stronger sense of right and wrong. Actually, the other day I was on the phone with Mr. James Murphy O'Connor, the head teacher of a Catholic school, Prior Park College in Bath, and he was telling me that the ethos of their school is very much on educating the whole person, intellectually, socially and spiritually his school is about developing
0: the children into the person god wants them to be thank you it's really interesting to hear about specific examples of faith schools and their approach to education just for the benefit of our listeners are there any exam- other examples which you can name for us where the use of religion has been beneficial
1: Of course, there are two major private Islamic schools in London, Brunsbury's College for Boys, which is associated with the Islamic Girls School. The two latter schools have favourable Ofsted reports. These inspections report that British values are promoted. People learn about democracy. They are taught about different faiths and religions and share interfaith events with other schools, including a Jewish school.
0: Thanks. I think it's useful for everyone to hear about faith schools which are accepting of and actively involved with other faiths. So, do you think that faith schools can have a positive effect on other stakeholders, not just the students themselves? A positive impact of faith schools that does not involve the children is the
1: parents. Faith schools help parents find like-minded friends of the same religion and they can attend prayer groups and celebrate religious festivals together. It also strengthens faith and religion in communities, since it is a way for communities to come together in schools, churches and places of worship.
0: That makes sense, thank you. Out of curiosity, what do you think of schools which allow students of all faiths but have a basis in one specific religion? Do you have any thoughts on it? These
1: schools have a very diverse community and it can be very hard for children of a religion different to the one the school has a basis in, to feel included. However, although not ideal, it is far better for a school to have a foundation in a religion rather than to be a completely secular school. Religion gives you a purpose and despite different religions having differing beliefs, most follow the same values and support the nurturing of a morally good person. It can provide calm and inner peace and help people to understand the
0: biggest questions about life. Thank you so much for that Alice. Now to hear about a different perspective we have Cassia, a leader at Humanist UK. Thanks so much for being here with us today. It's no trouble at all. I'm glad to be of help. So, in contrast to Alice, you have often spoken out against religion in schools. Could you give us a bit of insight about why you think that?
2: Children are particularly young, vulnerable and impressionable. And I believe that schools should be a place where they can learn to respect others and develop their own views. In a faith school, they are only going to be exposed to religions and views similar to their own, which creates an echo chamber. Particularly as some religions hold much more traditional discriminatory views, children can very quickly become indoctrinated and will never learn to be tolerant of others who are different to them. On top of that, these religious schools then can't be held accountable, as many of them are independently run, so have some flexibility and allowances made for them, even in their curriculum.
0: What would you say are the harmful effects of only being exposed to your own religion? Do you not think it's good for children to be around like-minded people?
2: Firstly, there's the problem of echo chambers that I mentioned earlier. Essentially, by only being exposed to people with the same ideals and beliefs as you, children can never have a discussion around these questions or consider their own opinion. They won't become fully aware of the diversity which actually exists in the world outside of school, and it can lead to a culture with lack of understanding and intolerance of others. This is exacerbated by the fact that some religions interpret their scriptures in discriminatory ways to others, and then indoctrinate children about it. For example, some Christians may interpret the Bible as being against abortion and homosexuality, Um, while some Muslims may use the Quran to enforce submission and perpetuate harmful attitudes towards women and equality. It must be said that not all religious people hold these outdated views, but I think that these ideas are questions that children could be considering about their religion in their personal time, not in a religious school where they may become indoctrinated with one sole idea and will never learn to think for
0: themselves. Thank you. You mentioned something earlier about the curriculum which faith schools have to follow. Could you clarify that a bit? Do faith schools follow a different curriculum to secular schools? Most schools have
2: to follow strict curriculum regulations, and their general standard is also carefully inspected by Ofsted. However, faith schools have some exemptions surrounding religious education. For example, faith schools normally have to teach the national curriculum, but in RS lessons they don't have to teach about other religions. They can only choose to teach only their own if they wish to. In addition, many religious activities, for example prayers, are compulsory, which can be very exclusive and leave no choice for pupils.
0: What do you think is a good solution to this? Do you think that non-denominational schools with a basis in one specific religion could be a solution? Or do you think that all schools should be completely secular, with religion only really engaged with in RS lessons? I
2: believe that religion should be something personal, and in the school setting, it is essential that pupils are taught to accept other religions and views, which is something far less likely to happen in faith schools. I think that children should be taught to respect others and learn about other religions in RS, but that otherwise schools should be secular.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Just one final question then. Do you think that religious schools only have a negative effect on the students who actually attend them, or are there other people who are negatively affected? I think that whilst faith
2: schools are most detrimental to the students in attendance, they also have harmful effects on non-religious children. Faith schools are often some of the schools with the best academic reputation. In fact, in a recent survey, it was shown that only 9% of parents consider religion to be one of their their three most important factors when picking a school. These schools are usually attended because of their high standard for academics, but students who aren't of that religion are not allowed to attend and are excluded from these academically high-performing schools.
0: Wow, Okay. Thanks for that. It's so useful to hear about a different perspective on this topical issue. Now, to finish off this episode, we're going to talk to Rosanna and Tiana, who are investigative journalists for the Heart and Soul podcast. They've recently conducted an interview with Reverend Knox, chaplain of the famous St Paul's Girls School. They are here to tell us more about what was said in this groundbreaking interview.
3: Hi, Christina. It's such an honour to be featured on your podcast this episode. Rosanna and I have decided to delve deeper into the world of religion at schools by interviewing a reverend at school, Matthew Knox. Reverend Knox is a very reliable source for first-hand information as he has worked in many different schools with children from a range of different religious backgrounds. His opinion must be closely considered when evaluating the impact of religion in education.
4: We began our conversation by discussing the impact religion has had on schools which are not linked to a specific religion. Reverend Knox said that this was a better term to use than secular, which is all too often associated with atheist, which he believes no schools truly are. The first question we asked was whether he thought that non-religiously affiliated schools continue to be influenced by religion, despite their non-religious status. He answered that he thought they were, He told us that by law, state schools have to include a collective act of worship every day, although many schools do choose to opt out of this. Reverend Knox also discussed his experiences when he was a vicar. He said that he visited all the local schools, giving regular assemblies and even being the governors of some of them, despite these schools not being church schools. His opinion was that all schools, whether religious or not, have been influenced by religion, but that some schools are more open and obvious about this influence than others. He also told us that he believed this influence to be largely positive due to the fact that a connection with the church helps to enhance the sense of community within schools, and that a connection between the church and schools helps religious and non-religious children to thrive and discover who they want to be. He thought that where schools try and become too secular, it can lead to children of faith not feeling very welcome and constantly having to defend their religion. We followed this discussion up with a question about whether secular schools do enough to provide for the religious members of their community. As the chaplain of a non-religious school, although one that does have a basis in Christianity, we thought he would be particularly qualified to answer this question. He answered excellently, telling us that he thought many schools did do enough to support their religious community and that schools not affiliated with one religion were not necessarily anti-faith. He talked about how it is a school's duty to support the spiritual development of its students, whether that be religious or otherwise.
3: The next type of conversation was the influence of religion in faith schools. Our first question was, do you think that the selection criteria for faith schools is fair? As most faith schools have a very strict selection process, that is, in some cases, not solely influenced by the religion of the children and can come down to their abilities. In response to this, Reverend Knox said that non-religious schools he knows offered all of their places to music scholars and students of their own primary schools and usually both non-religious schools and religious schools choose based on other factors too. For example, a faith school called Twyford take on music scholars, and there are other schools that will do it for sports or drama or languages, regardless of the religion of the children, as they are scholars. He said that there are all sorts of different criteria for which they are selective. This came as a surprise, as we had previously thought that the main criteria to be offered a place at the faith school was that you had to be of the faith at the school practice. However, Reverend Knox said that some Catholic schools have huge amounts of Islamic students, and that they are very happy, even if it's not their their specific faith that is practised in the school. We followed up this question by asking whether he thought that faith schools are better for religious students, or whether they would get more benefit from attending secular schools and being exposed to people of other religions. Reverend Knox said that it depends on how much the students of faith feel like they can be nurtured in their school. He said that faith schools give a sense of community and belonging to their students, and help them grow freely surrounded by people of similar beliefs and values. However, that was always a danger in any school of being a bubble, whether it is a faith school or not. He used SVGS as an example by saying that most people here think similarly and that we expect all outsiders to think the same too, which can be a problem and lead to bubbles of people who don't know how to socialize with those of different viewpoints or faiths in cases for faith schools. This led nicely to our next question, which was, do you think that faith schools inspire harmony or division? Reverend Knox brought back the analogy of isolated bubbles here. He said that if both types of schools were open and inclusive, then that allows much more harmony. However, it is a problem for society at large that we are kept in friendship groups or bubbles, where people think the same as us. He then used Twitter as an example, saying that on Twitter, where you can like comments and post, the sorts of comments that people like are the sorts of comments that they tend to make. As people are drawn to others of similar beliefs and values he used this analogy to explain why is it a danger to any school not just faith schools to be in an environment where all people behave similarly and this can cause friction between different groups or beliefs this makes complete sense as of course you can see why faith schools could bring people together as a community but also create isolated bubbles of like-minded people I think that what Reverend Knox was trying to say here is that there will always be a risk of bubbles or groups forming, both in faith schools and secular, as that is just the way that humans are. We are attracted to people who are the same as us, and it is not just the faith schools that can have this danger. He said that faith schools focus on nurturing, spirituality, humility and open-mindedness, and it is never their aim to create division.
4: We then moved on to discussing the impact that religion has on students in general. We asked him whether in his experience as a vicar and a school chaplain, he had ever noticed a link between academic performance and religion. He answered this by saying that in his previous parish, he noticed that the most popular schools were all faith schools. They had higher numbers of students applying to them and people were willing to travel further to reach them. He linked this back to the higher level of academic performance that church schools have always had. This shows that there's clearly a link between faith and academics as discussed earlier on the podcast. Reverend Knox suggested that this could be due to a range of reasons, including the more harmonious atmosphere, the decreased level of violence, and overall better behaviour from children, or due to the value and emphasis placed on education by the church. He then told us about the range of options offered to access religious schools, including that schools can have a set number of religious places and open places, open places being for people of all faiths, not just the particular faith of the school. This means that the higher level of education is open to all, not just people from that specific faith. The higher level of academic performance in faith schools, therefore, is not just down to the students' religion, as not all students are necessarily religious. It is also down to the increased spiritual nurturing of the students. As we were interested by something that Rev Knox had said in answer to the previous question about value placed on education by the church, we went on to ask some questions about this. He talked to us about how the Christian church really values education. He gave the example of the Christian church setting up the first schools in England and how historically the Christian church has always been very involved in education. He also discussed how the mind matters to Christians, saying that the church is about helping everyone to thrive, live well and develop and that education is key in doing this. He supported this with evidence that each diocese has a department of education which is important in regulating the education provided in faith schools and making sure that all the schools in their local area are performing well both academically and religiously he did however add that he was coming at this from a church of england perspective and that other religions may handle education differently
3: we concluded our interview by asking reverend knox if he thought that religion had a positive or negative impact on education overall he said that faith schools aim to be about holistic education focusing on the mind, body and spirit of its students. And he thinks that non-faith affiliated schools should also be doing that. However, secular schools tend to focus so much on other things such as academics that they let these key virtues go. He said that faith schools clearly state their mission, which is to instill the values of humility, kindness, spirituality and openness in their students in order to raise well-rounded adults. He said that some secular schools don't have such statements about their mission, and there is a danger that they neglect the spiritual, instead focusing so much on the academic. Faith schools intend to support their students' academic progress while still incorporating the spiritual. He said that it is a common misconception that faith schools are exclusive to their religion. However, they try to be as inclusive as they can to nurture as many students as possible and create a sense of community and welcomeness to all. From this interview, I have inferred that Reverend Knox is a very pro-faith schools person as he believes that they are inclusive and offer a degree of education that is much deeper than simple academics offered by secular schools. He thinks that they do not influence education in any negative ways different from those of secular schools and overall are win-win institutions. He knows that of course they are not the right fit for everyone but they do welcome everyone or at least try their very best to be as inclusive as possible. It is also clear that he thinks their religion has had a positive impact on education overall. His insight will later help us decide our conclusion as a group, as it gave us first-hand perspective on things that we hadn't even considered. Talking to Reverend Knox was super beneficial and we
0: learned so much from the experience. Thank you so much Tiana and Rosanna. That interview sounds fascinating. Thank you for sharing the invaluable insights provided by someone with first-hand experience of this topic. Now we have reached the end of today's episode, it is time to come to a conclusion about whether religion has positively or negatively impacted education. Both Alice and Cassia, on opposite sides of the debate, had strong arguments and lots of evidence to support their opinions. Although we understand that Reverend Knox's view may be biased due to his religious background, it was his first-hand experience that led us to the conclusion that religion has been a force for good in education. We heard from Alice about the immense benefits that faith schools have for religious students who can experience their religion on a day-to-day basis without fear of judgement. Reverend Knox also brought us the idea that faith schools are often not as exclusive as we think and in fact have many benefits for students outside of the school's official religion. The main argument against religion in schools that we encounter today from Cassia is that they lead to echo chambers and indoctrination of people all, all holding the same views. The information from Reverend Knox's interview countered this, as he made the good point that religious schools are generally not fully exclusive to people from certain religions, and that there is a danger of echo chambers forming at any school, not just specifically religious ones. Although there are issues associated with religion in schools, when you consider all the evidence, the benefits that religion has brought to education are undeniable.